Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome again to the Lockdown Clippers Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Foster. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to all the podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We've got shows for everything now. We cover it all. I'm waiting for them to get a Locked On Wrestling podcast, because I feel like I could do that one too, although I should probably focus on just doing the Clippers one five days a week for now. Uh, Let's start small and then build up to being the Locked On Wrestling podcast. I don't know what it is about wrestling. I just, I, I can't stop paying attention to it. I can stop watching it for months at a time, but I always kind of got to know what's going on, which I I realize like probably lessens, uh, the opinion you, you, you listeners have of me and, and my value is just, just dropping like a stone right now in the eyes of many, but I just like, I, I, I got like, they're talking about, like, Goldberg might come back? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I need to pay attention to that. Like, I want to know when The Rock is going to show up. Uh, I just, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, I really don't. Okay, so, on today's show, we're going to talk about expectations for the front court. Uh, not just wrestling and Power Rangers. We're going to talk about Power Rangers, too. We're going to talk about expectations for the front court, though. Um, who could really break out? What can we expect from Blake Griffin this season? Uh, We're going to discuss every forward on the roster. Uh, The last show we had, we talked about the guards and Chris Paul and kind of came to a consensus that if the guards maintain their level of play from last year, that's probably the best-case scenario, uh, given the age of the roster and just kind of how J.J. Reddick's coming off a career year and Jamal Crawford's 36, and so kind of hoping that the Clippers maintain their level of play as a backcourt, but the front court is probably where they can make the biggest leap. Um, So we're going to discuss each individual player, give you the expectations for them, Uh, but before we get to all that, let's talk headlines from elsewhere. So we'll start with headlines from elsewhere with an article from the great Jackie McMullen on ESPN.com. Was in Springfield, Massachusetts, home of the Basketball Hall of Fame. And Chris Paul was there, and Chris Paul was accepting an award for the work he does with the Chris Paul Foundation. It's like a human spirit award. Um, and according to Jackie McMullen, Chris got a little emotional while he was there. He had never been to the Hall of Fame before, so it was a first-time appearance for him. 
and he had always kind of neglected and put it off and just, you know, did, didn't really find the time ever to go. And he, he made it to the Hall of Fame to visit, and it really hit him hard. Um, and I thought this was a really interesting article from, from Jackie. I'm just going to read you a quote here uh, from Chris Paul uh, from the article on ESPN.com. It says, Today was my first day having the opportunity to come here, and it was kind of touching, Paul told the audience upon accepting his award. If not for this game, I am not here. If not for this game, my family is not in the situation we are in. I'm so grateful for this game and what it has done for me and my family. With his voice breaking and tears welling, Paul pressed on. It really hit me today being here around all the history that we take so much for granted, and I know I do that too a lot of times. To be here on this special day, man, this game has taken me places I never imagined. Guys, you gotta come see this because it's bigger than any of us. That's Paul talking about the Hall of Fame and his reaction to it, and obviously got pretty emotional talking about it and it's I haven't really fully processed yet Chris Paul's career and the way it's gone so far and how depressing it it is and I don't mean that in in a bad way I just mean it in like this is one of the greatest point guards to ever play in the history of basketball, and I'm comfortable saying that, completely comfortable saying that, I think you can put him in the same category as John Stockton, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, like he's in that elite status, but the problem is when you tell people that, they always say, oh, where's his rings, or he hasn't even gotten to an NBA Finals, he hasn't made it past the second round, he can't possibly be that good. And it's not fair. It's not fair. Because so much of it has had nothing to do with Chris Paul. It's been unlucky injury stuff. And it's been not having a good enough team. And running into the Spurs when they're at the peak of their powers multiple times. And this article, just just listening to to what Paul was saying and reading that he got emotional being you know around where all this basketball history is and where these legends go to, you know, where their legacies are cemented, it really just boned me out thinking that Chris Paul is a guaranteed Hall of Famer, but I really don't want that to be it for him. Like, I, I, I want him to have that championship moment so he can just put to bed, finally... All these people that say he's not a winner, he can't, you know, he, his teams can't make, that he's not this star, the star that he is, that he's not one of the greatest point guards of all time, because he absolutely is. And maybe it's not fair to think that a ring justifies that and, and puts him in that spot, but in the minds of so many people, that's the way that it is that you got to win that ring to be considered one of the greatest. And yeah, we've, we've made some exceptions with Charles Barkley and Malone and Stockton. And it's funny how closely his career has paralleled John Stockton's, uh, to this point, both assists and steel masters, uh, you know, have always made the best out of their pairing with star power forward. Um, 
dirty, dirty screeners. Uh, guys that would just compete and rip your throat out. And, you know, they even play in a somewhat similar manner. Crazy efficient, could score a lot more if they wanted to. Um, both do a lot of their damage in the pick and roll setting. There's a lot of similarities there, and you hope that when we all kind of said, oh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are going to be the next John Stockton and Carl Malone, that we didn't really mean it in that way. <laughs> because Chris Paul, I, they're, they're, and I know it's the Clipper follower in me, and I, I've covered Chris, and I've watched, obviously, the Clippers for, for a long time, but he deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves to have people not question his talent and his legacy. And as the years go on, it's it's starting to happen more and more now where these young point guards especially are brilliant and Paul is starting maybe not to get all the respect he deserves. But I digress. That's a long tangent. Chris Paul, very emotional in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I hope that we have the chance to see him get very emotional holding an NBA title for multiple reasons. Um, but I just think he's one of the greatest players to ever play. He's already guaranteed he could not play another game, and he should be in the Hall of Fame today. Uh, that's that's my opinion. Curious. I don't, I don't think everyone thinks that way, though. I think if you asked... Ten people, if Chris Paul should be in the Hall of Fame if he retired today, six or seven out of ten would probably say no, which which is crazy to me. I'll do a little Twitter poll, and I'll get you guys the results for the next podcast, but I think you'd be surprised. To me, it's a no-brainer. I think a lot of people, though, they, they just, you know, it's all about the wins. It's all about the rings, especially in Los Angeles. I guess that's just the way it is. Uh, so Chris Paul, Basketball Hall of Fame. The other thing I had from headlines from elsewhere before we move on, uh, poor Austin Rivers, just getting roasted on Instagram by DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. He threw some good counter punches though uh, <laughs> for him. So if you don't follow Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Austin Rivers on Instagram, I highly suggest you go follow their latest thread. Um, we know these guys are getting together soon. Training camp starting together soon, <laughs> and. Blake is firing shots. Uh, posted a picture of Ali G. I don't know if you're familiar with Ali G, but it's uh, it's fictional. Eh, I'm not going to explain it. Just look it up. <laughs> Saying it's a picture of Austin Rivers. DeAndre Jordan posted a picture of former King star Doug Christie. <laughs> Saying Austin is going to kill it for us this year. Look out for him. <laughs> it's just a picture of Doug Christie. Uh, highly enjoyable. Austin Rivers clapped back with a picture of a uh, a large, red-headed, froed, freckled kid that's clearly not Blake Griffin, saying it's a throwback Thursday of Blake Griffin. Oh, all very good. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. Pretty funny. Um, let's talk about the front court expectations now. We'll start with the starters, uh, as we should, with Luke Richard and Bob Mute and Blake Griffin. We'll start with Luke. Uh, starting small forward, 30 years old now, uh, joined the Clippers last season, was probably the biggest surprise for the Clippers on a team that really didn't bring a whole lot of surprises last year, didn't really show off a ton of things that were brand new. Um, Richard Mbaa Mute was, was the biggest surprise for sure. He ended up starting last year, 
Um, quite a bit. He played. He played in 75 games. He started 61 of them. Um, only played 17 minutes a night, but kind of filled a role with that starting unit as the defensive glue guy. Um, offensively, he was not good, uh, which you can expect, but he also wasn't terrible. He knew his role. He barely shot the ball at all. Um, right around, let's see, five attempts per 36 minutes. Uh, so barely shot the ball at all. 32% for three-point line, and which was only on wide-open takes. Uh, but played really good defense. Rebounded the ball pretty well in a short amount of time for a wing. And just generally took on the tough wing assignment in the starting unit. Um, added some balance to the floor for the Clippers and a guy that will do the dirty work, will talk defensively, will rebound, box out, do all that stuff that might not show up in the box score um, at the small forward position, which is really what the Clippers have always kind of needed. Yeah, the floor spacing is nice. Um, it would be great to have another knockdown three-point shooter to really escalate this offense, but the Clippers are a top-five offensive team every year. Um, defensively, though, they're not always in that top five. A lot of times they're just above average. Not a great defensive team, but an above average defensive team. Um, so to have a guy like Mbamute who can come in and cover the other team's best player and is pretty versatile with his size, I mean, 6'8", 230, he can guard bigger wings, he's got length, he's got quickness, he can, he can really cover every small forward in the NBA. Um served to be, ended up being useful for the Clippers, let's say it that way. Um, especially for a guy that was cut by the 76ers um, last, last year. So you didn't really expect him to become such a big part of the team, but he really did. And the Clippers re-signed him this year on one of the best value contracts uh, in the league, and he's locked and loaded as the starting small forward. Uh, moving on, Blake Griffin. The guy that puts uh, butts in the seats, as someone who talks like that would say. <laughs> Blake Griffin. Uh, I'm expecting big things from Blake this year. As I discussed on the last podcast talking about uh, about the backcourt and Chris Paul, they're always kind of going to steal MVP votes from one another. And so I don't know that Blake or Chris can finish like top five in the MVP because they'll just siphon each other's votes. But it wouldn't surprise me if Blake has the best year of his career. I think he has a lot to prove. He's coming off a season where he only played 35 games. Um, he's expanding his range more and more each season. He's becoming a much more comfortable uh, mid-range jump shooter. Yeah, actually, that's kind of his bread and butter at this point now, is just popping up and taking that jumper. And he's only a few feet away from stepping out and extending the three-point range. We've talked about this. Um, he's become a good free-throw shooter for the second straight year. He's seventy, to, right around 73%, just shy of it. Uh, his passing is incredible. He's a great playmaker. If he had the ball in his hands even more without Chris Paul, I mean, this is a guy who could average seven or eight assists a game. He's not that far from it now. He's at five assists. So you think without Chris Paul and maybe if they stagger, if Doc staggers his minutes with CP3 a little more, I mean, he he is a great passer and he demands so much attention defensively that he's able to find the open man so well uh, operating from the middle of the floor, whether it's those 
lobs to DeAndre or the kickouts for open threes. I mean, Blake, 18 feet from the basket at the elbow, is one of the most dangerous actions in sports right now. It's just there's no real good way of defending it. And Blake, at least during the regular season, does tend to bail out teams a little bit by probably shooting more jumpers than he needs to. But once the playoffs roll around, and if he's finally healthy, then I think we're going to see the full animal unleashed. Yeah, he'll still shoot some jumpers, but we're going to see the dribble drive game, and that's when everything is going to open up. Um, I'm really excited about Blake's future, really excited about him this season, um, just because I feel like, again, with everything that happened last year, the off-the-court stuff, the injuries, uh, and this is his age 27 season, this is like... This is where I think we see peak Blake Griffin. He always surprises us with something um, that he's worked on in the offseason. I think this year it's the three-pointer. I think he starts shooting more and more from out there. Um, He's shown in the playoffs that he's capable of defending at a higher level than he once was when he was younger. Uh, I think he's the total package. I think he can make a case for being the best power forward in the NBA. Um, And I think this year we're going to see that. Career best year, in my mind, is coming from Blake. I'm thinking somewhere along the lines of his 2013-2014 campaign, where he scored 24 points and averaged nearly 10 rebounds a game. I think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good idea of what he can do again. And plus the five assists, better improved defense. I think he's going to be an absolute monster this year. And I think the Clippers are going to lean on him maybe even more than they ever have. Um, Chris Paul, again, is getting a little bit older. We know what this team does. I think it's time probably to experiment a little bit more with Blake creating more of the offense for himself and just kind of seeing what the team looks like when it's fully run by Blake instead of always completely under control of Chris Paul. How can you do that without injuries? Doc just has to stagger them a little bit better give Blake time with the starters or time with the second unit when Chris isn't on the floor, experiment, let's see how it works. Um, But again, expecting big things from Blake this season. Before we get to the bench, breaking Power Rangers news, uh, Bill Hader of Saturday Night Live fame is going to play Alpha 5 in the new Power Rangers movie. Now, if you don't remember Alpha 5, he's the little robot with, uh, with Rita, the bad guys. And uh, Brian Cranston is Zordon, which is like the the godlike evil voice uh, of Power Rangers. This movie is loaded. I can't wait for it. Uh, I've been watching some Power Rangers clips online. Do you remember the little putty people? And they were like the most worthless things. And they always just like kill them in like 20 seconds. They're like, all right, now with the big boss. Uh, I'm really excited for the Power Rangers movie. I want to know who your favorite Power Ranger was. Um, obviously, the young DJ was really into the pink Power Ranger for obvious reasons. Um, but I think my favorite, I was really down with Green Power Ranger because it, it felt like unique, you know, and he just came around every now and then. And he totally knows karate. And he's actually been in some MMA fights now. It's a fun fact. I want to see him fight CM Punk. To get this full circle with the wrestling thing. Uh, okay. Rest of the front court. <laughs> now that we've had 
our Power Rangers and wrestling talk out of the way. Whew, good. Brandon Bass, uh, newly acquired, played with the Lakers last year, was one of the most consistent players on the Lakers or all last year. Um, did a little bit of everything for them. Played some center, played in small lineups, played in big lineups. Um, but just a, like a true veteran in every sense of the word. Um, good locker room guy from everything that I've heard. Knows his role, will fit in, do whatever you need him to do. Um, good defender, can defend multiple positions. Great free throw shooter, shot eighty, nearly 85% from the line last season as a big guy, which is invaluable for the Clippers because, oh, you want to foul DeAndre? You can just pull him, put Brandon Bass in for a little stretch, and that just completely neuters that. Um, and it's just good to have another strong mid-range shooting guy stepping in behind Blake because all those pick-and-pop type sets that the Clippers run and the things that they run to get their power forwards, little 18-foot jumpers like they do with Blake, they can do a lot of that same stuff with Brandon Bass. Now, is Bass ever going to be a focal point of the offense in the first with the first unit or the second unit? No, um, he's not. But he's a guy who can knock down open shots who defenses simply have to respect a little bit, which has lots of value. Um, in my mind, Bass is probably going to have a bigger impact than I think most people assume he will. Um, he was signed after most Spates. Uh, and, of course, the Clippers also drafted Bryce Johnson in the first round. So I think a lot of people assume that those guys may play over him. Um, I don't think so, though. I think his familiarity with Doc and the system that Doc runs, and kind of, you know, just having that familiarity is going to really ease the transition, where I think it may take more time for most Spates to get comfortable and find his role and find his footing, especially given the players that he's playing with. Um, I think Brandon Bass, though, can really step into any role right away and have success. He was just a 20-minute-per-game guy last year for the Lakers, and when he played with Doc last, um, he was also right around, he started, but he was right around 27, 28 minutes a night. Um, so I don't, I, I don't think he'll ever be a big minute guy, but I think off the bench and in a 15 to 20 minute a night role, um, Bass is going to really help the Clippers. He's just a guy who takes nothing off the table. Bill Simmons always used to write about those guys um, when he would do like his trade value column. And, and all the great stuff that that he used to do. Um, Bass is a guy who just doesn't take anything off the table. Is he a guy who's going to create his own shot? No. But he really doesn't do anything poorly. Again, good defender, good rebounder, great free throw shooter, can knock down a jumper. It's just He's just a solid role player. So I'm excited about the Brandon Bass acquisition. Um, next up, Bryce Johnson. Ah. Uh, Bryce Johnson, I, I would love to talk about him and his potential and all his athleticism and his pretty good mid-range jumper as well and his upside and how he really could become the Clippers' first big man off the bench. Um, but that's just not a thing that happens under Doc. And until it does, I feel like I just get blue in the face talking about the young guys that Doc Rivers needs to sign or the young guys that Doc Rivers needs to play. It just never really happens. And I, th I think with the window 
appearing to close with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul nearing free agency and this kind of being the year, I think now is probably not the time to talk so much about play the young guys, get the young guys minutes. It's always a good idea. But at least there's more justification now to go with a veteran heavy team than there has been in past years. Um, that's my thought on that. I I really am looking forward to seeing Bryce Johnson. I just hope that we get some solid playing time for him somehow, some way. I just don't see it happening. Um, Maurice Spates, we're going to count as a center. We'll talk about him and DeAndre Jordan and their roles on the team in our next podcast. Um, Other forwards on the team, Wesley Johnson. I think a lot of people expected Wesley Johnson to kind of slide in as the starter and really kind of play that role um, that Luke Mbamute ended up playing. The thing is, Wes Johnson, for all his length and for all his upside coming into the league six years ago, he never really figured it out too much defensively. And I think people have kind of settled in on him that, okay, he is what he is and he's not what we thought he was when he first came into the league. Um, Johnson shot 33% from three-point land last year. Not great. Um, Like I said, an okay defender. But a good athlete where the Clippers are lacking on those. Um, He played in 80 games last year, played 20 minutes a night. Honestly, I think if anyone's minutes should decrease out of the guys that came back for the Clippers, it's probably Johnson, who I think should be the odd man out. The problem is... Clippers don't really have any other small forwards other than him and Luke. Um, you can go ultra small with Jamal and JJ, which I think is you know not a terrible option right now. Can even put Austin in there, and he can guard up with size. Um, but with the league going small, you can probably start to weed Johnson out of the rotation a little bit. And I don't think anyone's going to cry too much about Wesley Johnson getting less minutes. Again, he wasn't bad last year. He had a purr of 11. I know that's not everything. Um, He had some good moments. Um, But just overall, I think he's probably a below average player in the NBA. And not someone that you really need to pour minutes into. Um, Unlike a Bryce Johnson who who can hopefully give you something else. I realize they don't play the same position, but if you're mixing and matching lineups... Maybe you try and find a way to get Bryson instead of Wesley. That's my opinion. We'll see what Doc feels again. Not going to waste too much breath on that. Uh, Paul Pierce. Still don't know if he's coming back. We we still haven't heard either which way. Um, if he does come back, it's hard to see him being a big contributor for the Clippers. Maybe he'll play seven, eight, nine, ten minutes a night when the matchup's right and the Clippers aren't on back-to-backs and when his body's feeling okay. And you hope that he shoots a lot better than he did last year because that's about the only thing he can offer to the Clippers at this point in his career. Um, But we'll see if he comes back. If he does come back, he's probably going to play more as a power forward than a small forward, as we've discussed um, but we'll see. We'll see where that goes. And that's about it for the Clippers on the forward front. Uh, they got, again, Luke and Blake starting forwards. Uh, behind Luke, behind Luke, behind Luke, you have Wesley Johnson. Behind Blake, you have Brandon Bass. Uh, 
and then Bryce Johnson, possibly at the four. And then you have DeAndre Jordan at the five, Maurice Spates at the five, and Diamond Stone at the five. And we'll discuss all of those guys in our next episode. We're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. Please subscribe to us uh, on iTunes if you haven't done so already. And tell a Clipper fan. Season's about to ramp up. We're going to have some really cool stuff on tap for you. Uh, interviews. I don't just always talk to myself. We'll have a guest host coming on from other podcasts from all around the internet. Some of your favorite writers. We're going to get those guys on here too. Um, we're ramping it up, man. It's going to be fun. Um, so tell tell the Clippers fan in your life. Uh, if you're talking with your buddy, shout out the podcasts for him. Let them know where you can go and where they can subscribe. It's going to pop up in their feed. Uh, that's the best thing about the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, so we're going to have podcasts rolling, coming at you at a crazy pace. <laughs> so thanks again for listening. If you have any uh, questions, comments, you can email me at fosterdj3 at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Fox Sports Foster. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. I'll hit the game winner It's not over, babe I'll hit the game winner Baby, believe in me I'll hit the game Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls, plus up to 75% off clearance for the whole family right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only.